You're ready for the Word of God. This might be, but it might not be, the last week on Rahab. Yeah, I say it might not be because I was just a, 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 maybe a 15-minute sermon to round off one week. But can you angel want more than a 15-minute sermon, wouldn't you? Or will you be happy with a 15-minute sermon? You'll be happy with a 15-minute sermon, right? So I'll say if I've got to say, some of us might sound heavy by Magna Apologies. This is the truth of the gospel. We are going to speak about heaven. We're going to speak about hell. We're going to speak about the eternal destiny of every single person on the planet. And we're going to relate it to, to Rahab. Last week, we spoke about being set free, the story of Rahab. So God's plan was always for His people to be in the promised land. They failed in a mission before when Moses had led the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, sent spies to spy out Jericho, the land of Canaan, the promised land. They came back and says, nah, we can't do it. God wanted them there, but the bad report spread like a virus through the hell nation. They remained in the wilderness for 40 years until everybody that didn't believe they could take the promised land like Betsy, was buried until a generation of neon belief, a generation of faith. Moses got a private funeral. Thank God, just he died and God buried him. And then Joshua, God raised up a young guy, Joshua, a warrior who knew the presence of God to lead him into the land of Canaan, into the land of Jericho. And if you remember weeks ago, he sent spies as well. Although he didn't have to send spies, God had already been, and he'd already seen he ran supreme. But he sent spies, and God used that in Rahab. This is how she is mentioned in scriptures, Rahab the prostitute. She was a lady of the night. She was immoral in God's eyes. And the spies went, and Rahab had heard about this supreme God, and through faith, hid the spies that came to spy out the land to see if they could take the land. She hid him. God seen this as a good lie as she went before the king and says, no, that spies have been and gone. But God, through Rahab, had hidden the spies. And she prayed a prayer of salvation, saying, and we'll read this in a second, when you come, would you see it that I'm saved? And the spy says, certainly. Just put a red rope, scarlet rope, hung it for your door, your window. When we come to exercise God's judgment, we'll be sure to be merciful to you. And that happened, and it says that Rahab, the end of our story, settled. New life, her old life had gone. A new life, the Yahweh is her God a Jewish lifestyle, knowing the ways of the Lord, becoming one of their family. She could never go back to the, our life because Joshua cursed the land and says, if anybody builds on Jericho again, the land is cursed. It's not going to work out for you. The last time we shared, we shared how God, through the blood of Jesus, a scarlet rope, sets us free. Sets us free for the power of sin, that we have the blood of Jesus in our life, we no longer have to be bound by this sinful 
force within us. That there would be new life, according to Romans 8, would receive Holy Spirit into our life. We've got the capacity to sin, yes. We've got the capacity to rebel against God. We've got a new power within us that breaks the power of sin so that drug addicts never need to go back to a life of drug addiction. Adulterers never need to go back to a life of adultery. Liars never need to go back. But we have the power, resurrected power within us, the life of Christ that raises us up, this powerful force, and to set us free. And we said the last time that He sets us free for this present jail. He can set us free. This week, we got to speak that He sets us free for eternal hell. We sang about it this morning. This is not shock us. This is not a doom and gloom message. This is not me being a prophet of doom. I'm going to give you scriptures so that this is not Kevin's theory on the eternal destination of humanity, but your faith will rest on the power of God and the Word of God. Hell. Rahab was saved, never to go back. We are eternal beings. It says in Ecclesiastes that God has set eternity in our hearts. Something within us knows that there'll never be a day that we didn't cease to exist. We see it when people are going through times of trial and grief. I've seen it. Atheists, people that say they didn't believe God yet when a loved one dies, it's We'll meet again. We'll see you soon. We'll see you sometime. You're now with the angels. Because God has put something within us that just knows that this isn't everything, that there is something after. What does the Bible say about this place? The gospel shines like a star on a night. It shines best when we get the revelation of what we've been saved from. Not just that we're saved and one day gone to a place called heaven, but we've got to realize that God has saved us faith. And as I've been studying this the last few weeks with a missionary last book, it's given me time to ponder. See if you realize that you are on a pathway to complete eternal destruction and God snatched you. It's one like getting saved from a f- through a fire. You cannot but thank God and praise His holy name for the blood of Jesus and His sufficiency that He made a way for me to believe in Him and not perish. You realize the power of making a decision for Jesus, you will never take it flippantly or casually ever again. We've got to look at what the Bible says about this place called hell, and then we'll speak about heaven. Please stick around long enough to hear about heaven. And I'm making apologies that this might be, oh, I've taken a visitor here. If you come at honest service, this is the service to come to to hear the news, the good news. If this is your first time here, I want to tell you, 
God has got you here specifically for you to hear this, the truth. Let's speak about hell. You might wonder, why did God create it? Why is there a place? We've got to go somewhere. We're eternal people. God really wants you in heaven. But listen, if it Jesus says of why it was created, hell is a place for God is not there. Everything that you love about this place on earth, love, kindness, generosity, holy laughter, freedom, does not exist in this place. You'll hear any ideas. I will say this. I always believed, really, in eternal life in a place called heaven, a place called hell, right? Before I became a Christian, I used to listen to really bad rock music. You think Black Sabbath's bad? It was Black Sabbath to the power of ten. I'm not Boston in this, but just the devil in hell was, was spoken about amongst chums, right? It was really bad music, and it used to speak about quite clearly. The devil in hell, the devil is our best buddy, but still a real being. I used to go to the concerts with devil horns on my head, thinking I was just there for a party. Looking back, it had real meaning and real power within that place. And I was going through a really dark time. And up until that point, if you had said to me, describe the devil, describe hell, I would have said, oh, I've been... Just, you just smoke pot. You probably just get high and hell with the devil. But there was a moment before I even became a Christian, whether this was a revelation, it's never for me to decide, whether it was God maybe speaking to me through prayers or you and my granny, I didn't can. But for the first time, I thought, hell is really dark. And if I didn't it get right or do something? I started to feel really scared and really afraid. I would like to say after that moment, I bowed the knee to Jesus, confessed him as Lord and Savior. Life got a lot worse before God got me. I'm telling you this, not to scare anybody, kind of young people in here, just maybe you have in your own thoughts so far on this. Jesus said this, There'll be a great parting, people on his right, people on the left. The right to eternal salvation, left to life, eternal life without God. He said this, then he will say of those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Prepared, not for you, for the, but we must go somewhere for the devil and his angels. We'll come back to that. What does God want? Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. He is patient towards you, not wishing. God does not want you to go there, not wishing that any should perish through him, but that all should reach repentance. Why does God need us come back, scrap it? He's very patient. He's fulfilling His promise. He's wishing, He's waiting for you. 
to come to repentance, to confess Him as Lord and Savior, that the blood of Jesus would be applied in your life, not wishing that you should perish. Little bit of history, created. Why is there a place called hell? A place without any sight of the presence of God, for God is cursed. Jesus says it was prepared for the devil and his angels. You may be Dinakenus. The devil used to be an angel called Lucifer. Apparently, according to scriptures in the Old Testament, he led worship. He was a worship leader. He was a mighty angel, capable of incredible creativity, powerful. He led a rebellion against God. Lucifer, full of pride, thought, I can take him out. And he managed to convince one-third of the angels to gang up against mighty God to try. There was a war in heaven against Lucifer, and one-third of the angels thought they could dethrone God and two-third of the angels. A mighty battle. Guess what one? Mighty God one. And he banished them to a place called hell. A waffle of the presence of God. A waffle of heaven. Lucifer became the devil. Angels became demons. God banished them to a place dark. For God is cursed. For God is hated in a place called hell. And God gave, like He gave other, other angels, limited power, limited authority for a limited time. And that's why the serpent shows up at the Garden of Eden, this God-hating angel, manifesting through a serpent, Adam and Eve, the perfect world, the perfect garden, a snake in rebellion against the holy God and says, did God really say? God convinced Adam and Eve to sin. Sin came into the world. This world is tainted by sin. You we must so far? I'm going to try and stick to the Scriptures. Go slow. I'm going to try and add too much on my own thoughts. And it gave humanity, presented humanity a, a choice to choose God or to deny God. Confess God Come against God. Want God or reject God. Jesus said he seen Satan far like lightning to this place. When Jesus sent his son, the visible image of an invisible God, to set us free from this power of sin. So we need to live under the power of sin and one day without the very presence of sin in a place, God heaven. This is what the Bible says about this place of destruction. For them that didn't hate Jesus and didn't want Jesus, throw them into the fiery furnace, Jesus says. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, place of regret, place of anger, 
place will rage. Second Thessalonians 1.9, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of His might. Daniel 12.2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt, everlasting, eternal. How long would you go there for? You'd go there for 10 years, then a hundred, then a thousand, then a thousand thousand. Eternal life. The most common description that Jesus gave time and time again. A place of weeping, a place in a gnashing of teeth, place of darkness, place for the worm doesn't die, place of pain, a place of anger. I've been asking myself this question the last few weeks. Is that fair? Is it fair that some would go to heaven? Is it fair that some would go to a place called hell? Hell. On account of believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is it fair? Often I've thought, well, doesn't this sound not fair? But what I tell you, I'm convinced today it's entirely fair because God is a fair God. God is a fair judge. He's righteous. He's just. I have no authority to ever say, and neither do you. It's no fair. God will say it is fair. How can it possibly be fair? Think of Rahab. She was saved with a scarlet rope, the means of salvation that the spies would see, and she would be saved. You think that God has done for humanity, sent His Son, gave us everything, shed His blood, died a criminal's death on the cross, a calvary, the scarlet rope for humanity to see. The blood was shed. And you didn't have to be a better person. They were better people than Rahab and Jericho. They were mere moralistic people in Jericho than Rahab. Rahab was a lady of the night. She was immoral. Her means of salvation, a scarlet rope, a prayer of salvation. There's better people than you in this world. Yet God sent His Son, Jesus, into this world. He put on flesh. Jesus says, here I am, send me. These people, they need a Savior. They need a sacrifice. Some blood must be shed. The system of sacrifice and lambs is not working. They're unchanged. Their hearts are still rebelling against the Holy God. So God did everything that He could possibly do. He sent Himself through Jesus. He's a son that was willing to be sent, and the father sent the son. It's fair. Do all 
would believe. That's all he asks. Believe in me. Believe in him. Believe in the shed blood. It's entirely fair that God would just ask you to believe him. He gives you 24 hours, seven days a week, weeks and months of patience for a holy God to say, as I require of you is to believe in me. To believe. You, as a moralistic human being, should say, that's entirely fair. Because if you as God, and you gave your best for people that didn't want you, and you said, as I am asking, I want you to believe in me. And I give you some time to believe in me. And the door will be closed. And if you haven't believed in me with the time I've given you, then you've got for you want. Because every day is an opportunity to believe, find out, pick up the world, ask Christians questions. When you're out and you're walks at night and you see the stars in the sky and you get a sense of awe and wonder and you think this cannot be everything. There must be a God. Pray a prayer like this. God, if you're real, show yourself to me. God loves answering prayers like that. With that game of opportunity, you might be an atheist that says, I don't believe in God. I dare you to pray a prayer like, God, if you are real, show yourself to me. If there's a chance I might be missing some truth in my life, please, God, turn up in some shape or some form to reveal yourself to me. It's a prayer that God loves to answer. Is it fair? It's entirely fair. The people that have confessed him in this life on earth, through persecution, through hardship, through asking questions, who stood in your word, the word of God, that we confess him through the Spirit. Although they've seen him face to face, we say we believe in Jesus. If we meet him face to face, say this, you've confessed me before man, I'm confessing you before a holy God and the angels that you believed in me. The gospel of good news. There'll be a day of judgment, a day of fairness. The God will take Abdi to himself. This is how Jesus describes it. In Hebrews 9.27, says this, this isn't Jesus speaking, it's a writer of Hebrews. Just as it is appointed for man to die once, after that comes judgment. Revelation 20.15, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Jesus in Matthew 13, this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate Wicked from the righteous, throw them into the burning, blazing furnace, weeping and gnashing their teeth. Second Thessalonians 1 7. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels, punishing those who 
punishing those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, punished with everlasting destruction, shut out from the presence of the Lord. Them that said continually through this life, I didn't want God, well, for eternity, we'll get to live without Him. Them that say, I want God, I want Jesus, well, get eternity to live with Him. On the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people and to be marveled at among those who believed. That's what God wants. You believe in Him. This includes you because you believe. Our testimony to you. Marveled among all who believe. Faith. Faith at work. I'll say again. Maybe you'll just mind and ask before you leave. There were better people in Jericho than Rahab. There are better people than us. But when the angels come in power with Jesus leading, coming down through the clouds, the great separation will never be far on the good list, far on the best, far the better people. If the people think it's just them that have done all right in life, they'll get into heaven. Them really bad people, you can't murder ours. They'll go to a place called hell. The Bible leaves no room for art. It says we'll come. And like Rahab, the scarlet rope, the means by which the spy seen and says, everybody on that house is safe, will see the scarlet, the work of the scarlet rope. When the angels come back, when Jesus comes back, they will look at our humanity and see people with the blood and people without the blood. Let me read this in Joshua chapter 2. This was the time of Rahab. Since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down through a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days and the men searching for you then. When they have returned, you can go on your way. Before they left, the men told her, we will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave the scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. All the family members, gather your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. This is the only way of salvation, the scarlet rope. If they go out into the streets and are killed, it will not be our fault. If anyone lays a hand on people inside this house, no one gets to lay a hand on them. We will accept the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. If anybody is seen outside the house, outside the scarlet rope, we're not bound by this oath. I accept your terms, she replied. This is the gospel of good news. Escaping the judgment of hell. The spy says, we'll see the rope. Everybody inside, mothers, fathers, nephews, aunties, uncles, gather them inside the house. I promise you this. When we come and God executes judgment at Jericho, 
not one hand will be laid upon you and your family and everybody inside the house. That is our oath. Not one hand. Think about this. The day of the Lord is here. He comes back. The angels come and gather before the throne room of God. He will see people that have believed in Jesus, His sacrifice and His blood. The angels will come. And God will say, not one hand on those people. Not one finger gets laid upon those people that believe in the blood. The finished work in the cross and the angels will just see the blood. We'll get your own personal Passover people. We'll be without the blood. Coming against the holy God. They have not the blood of Jesus to plead to. They will plead to Moses. In John 5, he's having a debate with the Pharisees. They thought they could get saved through the law. I have come to you in my Father's name. You've rejected me. If others came in their own name, you welcome them. But you don't believe. You gladly honor each other. You don't care about the honor. You don't care about God's message. Verse 45, it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you. They pled to the law. The law came through Moses, grace and truth through Jesus. Yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. If you really believed Moses, you would believe me. He wrote about me, but since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? People that think that they'll just go to a place called heaven, based on their behavior, the law, will stand before God and plead to Moses. Why are you going to plead to? Jesus in the blood that sure and ensures your salvation and not a finger of judgment will get laid upon you? Or are you going to rely on your behavior as Jesus says, well, you can plead to Moses then. Moses gave the law. So you're standing before Moses and you're saying, I'm really good. I see that there's a heaven and a hell. I deserve heaven. Take a murderers, take a pedophiles, shove them in hell. I deserve heaven. On the basis of behavior in the law. And so Moses will open up the book, the Ten Commandments. And he'll say, okay, you think you deserve heaven. Yes, I'm a good citizen. Jesus says the greatest commandment was... And Moses will read the first and the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God. You want to plead to Moses? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Worship him and him alone. And Moses will say, have you done it? If it's the greatest commandment, if you break it, it's the greatest sin. Jesus says it's the greatest. If you Brock, I and you're bracking the greatest thing that God created you for. Nay, loving Him. Millions of people is going to say that. I've never done it. And God said, I really wanted you here. I sent my son. Really wanted you to repent. I sent my son. I give you the message. Really. God so loved the world. He sent his son. 
whoever should believe in him. Because I only wanted you to believe. Just even for a moment. To look up heavenwards. And say you believe. Say sorry. Now you're pleading to Moses. Now I'd love for you to come in. God will say I'm a fair God. And this is the gospel. This is the only way of salvation. I've played with you. I've wanted you. There was nothing more that I could do for you than send my son to shed his blood that was shed for you. I never asked you to be better. I never asked you just to come along to church every week. And after 12 weeks, I would receive you. I only ask that you would receive my son, escape judgment, and as I've got left for you today as you've pled to Moses to stand before him and like sheep all have gone astray all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and his standard and a heavenly father would say I want you I wanted you in the mansion we're going to have to go a while you didn't want me it's got to be entirely fair, entirely just. You're going to have to go. You didn't want me for your life on earth. You're going to have to go to a place that was never reserved for you. You're going to have to go somewhere you denied me. You're going to have to go to a place that will forever deny and hate God. And I came from that day comes. Jesus himself says, I do not know the hour. My father alone came to God's patient. But that day will come, said a few weeks ago. Or 300 specific prophecies about Jesus' life on earth, his crucifixion, his resurrection, specific. But yet the way of scripture is inescapable, the day of judgment, the day of justice. And I end with us in Revelations 5. It doesn't have to be this for you. This might be the greatest service you've ever come to. To hear the gospel of good news. If you didn't want Jesus at this point and didn't want the blood, you will leave here and you'll just say, I don't want it. Then it's quite possible that you will have ah, oh, eternity to think about this moment that you had an opportunity to believe. And if you dinner, I pray that God keeps you awake at night, that he leaves you no rest, that he convinces you that he wants you, that he is real and he is patient, he is slow to anger, he is compassionate, and he wants you simply to believe in him. You might say, but why does he need to come and convince us ah, by doing some outrageous miracle like parting the North Sea? Because if we parted the North Sea, we would ah, just believe and be happy that God has at least proven himself. Well, God did that through the Red Sea. He parted the sea in a few short months after. Them that seen the Red Sea parted then didn't they want God? They wanted back to Egypt. 
It says, oh, hold on a minute. They treated us far better than Egypt than this God that just mugs wild. Gush out our rocks and manna far for heaven. We want the cucumbers. Why would you want to leave for a cucumber sandwich? I don't even like cucumber sandwich. They probably didn't even want cucumbers. Just back life, the old life seemed better. God has given us a glorious sign. Raising Jesus for the dead. That's your sign. An empty tomb. That's your sign. A resurrected king who sits on the throne. A Bible, the word of God, to read Christians start questions. That's your sign. The testimony of other believers that God has got me through. God helps me even through a walk through the shadow of the valley of death. I fear no evil. Ask some people and hear how they get on with Jesus. That's your sign. The message that people would use and God would use the foolishness. Or people like us, to share the gospel of good news, that's a sign. The world has been given a sign. The church of the living God, and I will finish with this, because this is the good news. When I study hell, it's so bad it's unthinkable. Even, I can't even think about how much bad it can be to be separated by, from God. Rahab could not go back to Jericho. It was moving on time. Eternal punishment, there is no going back. I reckon how that's going to feel. I even want to think about it. Darkness, gloominess, cussing on God. A great chasm between there and heaven. So bad it's unthinkable. Heaven, so amazing. <laughs> So amazing. So amazing. The things that have held us back on this earth, you imagine for a second, you're in a place of absolute perfection. No eye has not seen, no ear has not heard, for God has reserved for his people that have believed in him. Yet, he has revealed it through the Holy Spirit. We just get a glimpse sometimes. Sometimes it's in worship. Sometimes it's in our private prayer closets as we read over. Oh, heaven's going to be phenomenal, people. A place without pain. A place without disease. Then they're trying to get a doctor's appointment. You're going to Breathe. And the very uncontaminated presence of God. There'll be no mere sunshine or moonlight, God. This eternal being that we've known through the Spirit. <clears throat> no mere lights or light switches, just complete light. No mere shadows. No mere darkness or thieves. Truly set free for the power of sin and the presence of sin. And there will be no going back. Name our grieving mothers. Name our funerals to attend. Name our dark clothing. Name our gloominess. Name our anxiety. Name our hospitals. Name our injuries. Name our young deaths. Name our addiction. 
nemer suffering, nemer wars or bombs, just peace, joy, life, love forevermore, no going back. The things that you struggle with here will be gone. You might say, I struggle with the power of sin. Nobody knows it. But one day, your old struggle will be no more. Your temptation will be no more. And then I have to watch for you, watch on TV, or watch for you, watch on the phone, or watch for you, watch or listen with your ears, you don't have to worry about gossip, or slander, or backbiting, or pride, or boastful humanity, just God, and His presence, and His life forever. No longer a snake card Satan, or one third of the angels that became demons that could rail they're here the only time to tempt you in a rebellion against God. There'll be no more snakes in this garden. Thank you very much. No more Lucifer's coming as an angel of light. Thank you very much. Nemer struggling with habitual sin, momentary sin. Thank you very much, Jesus. Just him, his wife, his government, his lordship, his kingship forever. And to be honest, I can't wait. It is better for me to go there than abide here. But for some reason, God still got me here with my heart pumping, breath in my lungs so that I might be useful for him. That's it. If I was no longer useful for him, he would just say, okay. Asthma will take you to an early grave, come up and be with me, the bosom of Abraham, forevermore. How do you get there? The blood of Jesus is the only way. Believe in the blood, the scarlet rope, Rahab. There was better people than Rahab and Jericho. Only them with the sign of scarlet would be saved. There is better people than you on planet Earth. Your name, Mother Teresa. Better people than you. If hell was reserved for good people, mister you wouldn't they get. I can't use two wheel. And you can me. I'm the worst of sinners, Apostle Paul says. I rest entirely all my hope. It's in the blood. Every, every bit of hope. I'm not hoping in the blood plus a little bit of what I've done. But in the New Testament, next to Abraham, and James is explaining faith and works next to Abraham, Rahab the prostitute's mentioned because her faith changed her behavior because she hid the spies. Listen, you got the blood of Jesus in your life, you will change. You cannot hear the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit in your life, and nothing change. I would say that's impossible. How can you say you've got the mighty power of God within you, the blood of Jesus in your life, and you've been saved for 10 years, and you'll say, I'm still the same for 10 years ago. And you look back, and God has changed you. My jar of clay containing treasure. Oh, I got saved when I was 19. I got saved when I was five. I stood. Blood of Jesus. I'm going to read this and close. 
Ah, even my computer's went to sleep on my... <laughs> oh, dear me. Right, I'll have to read it for the Bible. Okay. That's why I've got the paper copy. Listen to this. A picture of heaven. I asked the worship team to come up. We'll take up our offerings at the end. I saw a scroll on the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was written on the inside and the outside of the scroll. Sealed with seven seals, I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? No one in heaven or earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. One of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the line of the tribe of Judah, the heir of David's throne, he's won the victory. He's won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four, li four living beings among the 24 elders. Seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the seven-fold spirit of God, had been sent out to every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. This is Jesus. He took the scroll, the four living beings, and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold balls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. They sang a new song with these words. Speaking of Jesus, great anticipation for the Lamb. Isabel, uh, <laughs> did a dance show. She was at the leisure center last night and at ours as well. The reason I was there was to see her. Again, you have to sit through. If you've ever been at dance shows, you have to sit through a lot of dances to see the. You've just came to see, and you're like, okay, I'm only here to see. Anticipation for the moment. It'd be really weird if you went there and you didn't have a child or a relative there. Anticipation of a moment. And sometimes I think heaven. Ah, it's perfection. We see here an anticipation or a moment. They're waiting for Jesus. They're waiting. For, who can open the scroll? Ah, again, everybody can open a scroll. Is there anybody? Waiting for the Lamb. If an Emily came out, it's a moment I've been waiting for to see her. Great anticipation. You wonder, heaven. I was just dying to see him face to face, but maybe there's a moment they were just waiting. When's he coming? When's the lamb coming? This is the moment we've been waiting for. I just want to see him. And I place so perfect the lamb that was slaughtered, that came and died, that we call friend. Okay, I've been waiting for him. This is the one my heart yearns for. This is the one that's got me through some difficult times. This is the one gave us a hope of salvation that shed his blood. This is the one. It says, our heaven was in anticipation. And then the lamb came forward. And this is for this song. You speak about blood. You speak about power. 
You are worthy to take the scroll, break its seal, and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation will all gather and sing the eternal song of the blood of Jesus and thank Him that it was His blood that set us free for jail, for hell, so that we could all say forevermore, it is well, it is well, it is well. Then I looked again. I heard the voices that was waiting in anticipation of thousands and millions of angels around the throne of the living beings and the elders. They sang in a mighty chorus. One day we'll be there. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. Can you imagine looking into the eyes of Jesus, his eyes of fire that burns for you, seeing his nail-pierced hands and reality and singing, worthy is a lamb. You came, you died for us. What a moment, church. Every tribe, every tribe will see people with different colors, different ethnicities, different languages. There's not going to be language barrier for some reason. We're all going to hear the same voice directed heavenwards, directed Jesus' words. What a moment! A day where got boundaries and barriers and was and big was, borders, language barriers. One day for them, they have well, hey, a united component the blood of Jesus. There'll be Filipinos, there'll be Africans, people from India, Australasia. I'm going to be like the Eurovision in here, isn't it? Sweden! <laughs> Finland! Good to see you! UK, America! People from our oh, tribe and tongue and nation. The blood of Jesus saved us. And then I heard every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and sea, the song, this chorus, blessing and honor and glory, power belong to one. Not some. And it don't belong to you because near your behavior or good behavior that got you there. The chorus will belong to one. And he sits on the throne to the Lamb of God forever and ever. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Saved you for hell. Raptured you. Personal Passover time and forevermore. The eternal song. Every day, every waking moment, day, month, year, we will thank Jesus. We will thank Jesus for the blood. Oh, we will. We'll, every time we see him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You've got us here. The mansion that you prepared for us. Let's bow our heads. I've gave you the gospel. Now, I have to have a good reason to say no to Jesus this morning. No more excuses. No more pondering. Better people than Rahab.
God saved her. Oh, we'll see Rahab in heaven. See, I'll get her story. I'll say, Rahab, I was only going to spend one week in a message for you. Turn into five weeks. How did I do? <laughs> She'll say, yes. Never very good, to be honest, but we got her in the end. I'll share a story of faith. It was faith. It was faith. It was faith. And I'll share my story. It was faith. It was faith. Charlie will share his story. It was faith. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, that was slain. The question is this morning, will you acknowledge him? Do you want him? It's yes or no. People say, I'm, I'm on the fence, right? There's no fence. Jesus never said there was a fence. He'd never said nothing about sitting in a place card in between. He said, you are for me or you're against me. If you're not for him, you're against him. You may be coming here a few weeks. If you're not saying, I'm for Jesus, God will take it, you're against him. He said, you will acknowledge me or reject me. You will confess me or deny me. No middle ground. We're given opportunity this morning. Do you want Jesus? Do you want to believe in him? I'm going to ask as you bow your heads, I'm going to ask if you want to be included in a salvation prayer, a prayer that says, I want Jesus. I want this assurity of the blood upon my life. I'm going to ask you, young and old, if you would raise your hand, and I will include you in a prayer. Raise your hand, I will see I'll give you 30 seconds, the most important 30 seconds, quite possibly, for your whole eternal life. I'm speaking to you, just raise your hand. I will see, and then we'll pray. Okay, I see that hand raised in the middle. Just Abdi. Just keep it in this moment. Maybe there's a wrestling within. Maybe God is just, it's just an inward wrestle. But this is a holy moment, a special time to respond to the gospel. Say, I believe in Jesus, I need his blood need his way. Okay, ten more seconds, and then we're going to pray for the sake of the one. Okay, let's pray. If you've never been before, God, that's just an initial salvation prayer. This is near me trying to mark you do something you're not wanting to do, but for them, they want to respond, we'll pray this prayer together. It's put in words to fit we have said, we believe in our hearts. The gospel says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that 
Jesus is the Son of God who was raised for the dead. So let's pray this prayer together. And if you're saved, and you know you're saved, pray it loud. Pray it loud. People think church should be reverence, and reverence is quietness. Look, I've just read a scripture that heaven's got to be mightily loud. People, if you're looking for a quiet, reverent moment in heaven, you're not going to enjoy it. The loudness. I have bigger amplifiers than these. I ain't going to need amplifiers. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, the Lamb of God that was slain for our sins. We thank you that there is power in your blood. We believe in your blood and its cleansing power. Father, forgive me and cleanse me. Apply the blood to my life. I thank you, God, for heaven. I thank you that through faith we will see you face to face in our heavenly mansion. Help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to live for you and that this gospel, the gospel of good news, would be shed abroad, changing communities, changing villages, changing nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless.